Well, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There's something magical about the wind. The way the trees stagger in its gusts, branches blowing to and fro. You can't see the wind, and yet you see its effects. The leaves blow across your yard, down the street. And if you've ever had the privilege of seeing a plastic bag get caught up in the wind, that is a sight to behold. There's something mysterious and mystical, too, about the breath that we breathe. Take a breath right now and and hold it in for just a second. You feel that energy coursing inside you? Again, we can't see it, but it's, it's powerful. Without it, we're dead. But with it and by it, we live one breath after another. The ancients recognized the power of this abstract animator that we call air. But they had a different name for it. They actually called it Ruach. Ruach. Ruach, that's the Hebrew word for breath and wind and spirit. This invisible force that animates all of creation. They called it Ruach. The thing that makes the trees sway and fills our lungs with the energy that makes us move. And it was there in the beginning. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Ruach of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That spirit, that Ruach of God, was the creative force that brought about night and day and land and animals and us. We hear a little bit later on in the creation account in Genesis that the Lord God formed the man from dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The man became a living creature. From God's ruach, we're given our ruach, our breath and life and spirit. But before I go on about all this talk of of Ruach, uh, why are we talking about this anyway? Well, let me back up. Uh, We're in a sermon series right now uh, that we kicked off on Easter Sunday, and we're continuing through the Easter season all the way to, to Pentecost, the day when all the disciples received God's Ruach and the little tongues of flame on their heads. Uh, This sermon series is called One for All and All for One. And on Easter, we heard how Jesus is the one for all, that it is Jesus alone who has died for us, 
rose for us and through whom all can be saved. Last week, we focused on the name of Jesus. We are all for one name, Jesus, that He is our patron, the one whom we find our ultimate significance by association with Him. We are all for that one name because there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And this week, this week we're talking about the Spirit, that we are all for one Spirit. And in our text today from 2 Corinthians, Paul had much to tell the Corinthians and us about the Spirit. Now, as a Jew, Paul's worldview and understanding of the Spirit would have been formed and guided by the Hebrew Scriptures. When Paul is talking about the Spirit, he's speaking of that invisible force that is moving in the wind and in our breath that we breathe. But there's one more meaning to this word, ruach, and it's the one that Paul really hones in on, and that is the mind. Ruach as our mind, another place that we cannot see, and yet we see the effects of it. We are swayed by our thoughts. It's a place where we make decisions, but then carry them out in our bodies. And Paul, he calls that place, he calls the mind, ruach, spirit. And Paul recognizes that our minds are easily swayed. That there's a whole host of voices out there vying for our attention, competing for our concentration, filling our minds and swaying our spirits and how we speak and act and live one way over another. In Paul's day, those voices were coming from orators. Speakers who uh, gather together in the lecture hall uh, to debate. They dressed up their monologues in sweet-sounding syntax and rhythmic rhetoric to wow the audiences who came to listen to them. It's kind of like in our day how we would go to a movie or a concert to enjoy and appreciate the craft of the filmmaker or musician. Well, so in their day, they would come and listen to the oratory. They would sit down and and listen and drink it all in like a glass of cool water. But Paul didn't come into Corinth with lofty words or wisdom, not the kind that they were used to, that they were expecting. His speaking, his his preaching (laughs) was kind of weak in comparison to the orators down the street. Paul says that he came and spoke in in fear and in trembling. You know, we don't really get that sense of Paul when we read his letters to these churches. We don't get that sense of Paul in his writing, but apparently as a speaker, Paul was actually pretty timid. He was meek and mild. And yet the message that he came to bring, this message was a message of power, transformative power. 
changing the lives of the Corinthians and the Galatians and the Ephesians, all these churches that Paul started, these peoples that he spoke to, as this word and message permeated the world. Paul came speaking a message of power, of Christ crucified, power in weakness. It's a message that seems like foolishness to the world, but to those of us who are being saved by it, we recognize the cross as the very power of God. But unfortunately today, this problem that Paul encountered has exaggerated exponentially. I mean, just think of how many voices today are coming out us. How many uh, bits of information we're getting assaulted with every single day? Like a tidal wave. Take YouTube, for instance. YouTube users upload more than 500 hours of fresh content every single minute. That's 30,000 hours of content uploaded per hour. 720,000 hours of new content posted every day. All those images, all those voices, all those visuals. Or maybe you've heard the statistic how one week's worth of the New York Times is more information than someone who lived in the 18th century experienced in their lifetime. One week. Or maybe to bring it a little closer to home, the average person today, the average person today, when you look at how we spend our time and how we spend our lives, and this number is higher for younger people, the average person today, 146 days out of the year, spent simply consuming media. All these voices vying for your attention, trying to move your mind and sway your spirit. And here I am, not even a glass, but just a spoon, a spoon of water in an ocean of information. I mean, just think of your own life. Think of all the information coming your way every day and how flashy and provocative, entertaining so much of it is. And yet we preach. And you're here, you're tuning in, you're listening. Because the very Spirit of God has revealed to you the life that is in this message. Oh, there are many messages out there. There's many voices, many spirits. But those voices and those spirits, they, they don't give you that lasting joy or peace or satisfaction. And instead, they leave you a little bit parched. Maybe you've experienced that. Maybe you've come into worship today and you're feeling a little parched yourself, a little worn out, 
little tired of life being so lackluster. Life that doesn't seem to satisfy. Well, maybe we've been looking for life in all the wrong places. Maybe we have forgotten that we have not received the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, the very spirit that created, breathed life into this world. It has real life to offer you now. So yes, even amidst this ocean, this vast ocean of information, we preach, we hold out our spoon, and you drink because it's fresh water. It's living water and not the death of the salt water that this world has to offer. And you have come again and again to these waters of life. You have come to Jesus, who is life, by the Spirit. It was God's moving in your life, God beckoning you towards Himself to give you real breath and real life. It's not our striving for God. Paul, Paul makes this very clear in 2 Corinthians. He said, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, but they are folly to him. Foolishness. Like, like trying to perceive the wind. And yet God has opened your eyes to see him though he is invisible by giving you his spirit in your baptism. When you were born of water in the spirit, just as Jesus was teaching Nicodemus in our gospel reading, that was when your eyes were first opened, when you entered the kingdom of God. For that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Now you have this one Spirit of God in you. We share this one Spirit. But that doesn't mean that we experience hope and peace and joy nonstop all the time automatically. No, it's a battle. It's a battle. Paul would say elsewhere in Galatians that the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. It's a battle. But we are strengthened in this battle when we wield the sword of the Spirit, which Paul tells us is the word of God. When we sip from the life-giving waters of our Lord, when we hear Him speak to us and our hearts burn within us, then we're strengthened in our faith and in our walk, experiencing the peace and joy of the Spirit and, and demonstrating the patience and goodness and, and self-control that the Spirit brings about in our lives, so long as we're keeping in step with the Spirit. But at the end of the day, it's all God's activity in us. It's all His power in our weakness. We're like leaves, you and I. Weak, fragile, but dancing in the wind. And we are moved by Him and His Spirit. And that Spirit is moving today. 
Uh, today at our partner congregation, St. Paul's in Ontonagon, there are five kids who are going to be standing up to confirm their faith. They're announcing to the world and maybe to themselves that they believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that they want to hear His voice above the massive murmuring multitude of media that's vying for their attention. They are confessing their faith in Jesus, and they are doing it by the Spirit. Their statement is not only a testament of what they think and believe, it's actually a testament to the Spirit's presence in their life. As Paul would say later in the letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is moving them to make this confession. And they would have learned this in Luther's explanation of the third article of the Creed, where he says, we believe that we cannot, by our own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ our Lord or come to Him. (laughs) It's not something we do. Our faith isn't something that we muster up, but it's something that God actually creates in us through His Spirit working in His Word and in His sacraments. And it's the Holy Spirit that has called us by the gospel, enlightened us with His gifts, sanctified and kept us in the true faith. It's all the Spirit's work, moving in us, convicting us of our sin and beckoning us back, back to the cross, Back to Jesus for forgiveness and and for lives that are actually changed by His Spirit. He empowers us to live out this faith when we go to do our work and in our relationships. And God will keep moving through His Spirit, through us, until He recreates this entire world. Confirmands and Antonagin, may God continue to reveal His Spirit to you as you walk with Jesus, speak to Him in prayer and and hear from Him in His Word today and every day hereafter. Well, as a church here, we too want to be guided by the Spirit as we seek to preach this message of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And one of the ways we have seen God's Spirit actually blow the church this year (laughs) is through online ministry. I mean, that was something that was largely non-existent before the pandemic began for for many churches around the country. And here at Saints Peter and Paul, we really ramped up ours as a necessity when the pandemic began and, and shutdowns took place so that we could continue to worship together. Uh, but as we move further into this pandemic, We want to actually be thoughtful and strategic about how we utilize our online ministry and presence. And we want to actually be led by the Spirit in this. And knowing that the Spirit resides in all of you as baptized believers, we're asking for your input. Uh, We've been participating in a learning lab that a Barna group has been putting on uh, for churches across the nation as we all try and figure out the best steps forward. And Barna has provided a survey that we'd like you to fill out. Uh, It will directly impact our direction as we move forward as a church in regards to our online ministry. Uh, 
Uh, if you're worshiping at home with us right now online, uh, we're going to throw up a slide on the screen for you. Uh, you can access this survey right now by uh, actually pulling out your phone. And I've, I don't know if you guys have done this, but if you take your camera app and you highlight it on that barcode-looking thingy, it's called a QR code, it'll actually route you to the survey. Uh, if that's too complicated, you can also just text SSPP to the number on the screen, and that'll take you to the same survey. We'll also have the link posted in the comment section for you uh, to access. For those of you in the room, uh, we're actually going to set aside a little bit of time at the end of our worship service today, right after the closing song. And we'd ask that you would stay and fill out this survey today uh, so we can have your input as well. It should only take about 10 minutes uh, or less. Well, God is on the move, and His Spirit is the energy that is working and flowing in and through us. It is by His Spirit that He has revealed to us His plan, the one that was decreed before the ages for our glory, the plan that the heart of man could never have imagined, the same plan that demonstrates God's immeasurable love for all of us. That plan is nothing else than Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It is by the Spirit, the one Spirit that we share, that we will continue to to hear Jesus, to follow Him, and to share this living water with the world by whatever means necessary, digital or otherwise. God, enable us by Your Spirit to keep in step with Your Spirit and to share your spirit, your breath of life with the world. Amen.